0: hi guys i hope you guys are doing good anyways i was hoping the episode that you will listen to after this my monologue is going to be out of my rant it's going to just be a nice breezy episode but then when you're going when in nigeria and living in nigeria even if you're not living in nigeria if you're affiliated to this country things are not always nice and breezy i don't even know what to say like, I wanted to come up here and just talk about, talk about, like, the bombing that happened in the Kaduna Abuja track, right, and, but then I don't even know what to say, because it's so, it's so sad, but it's also just how helpless I feel, I'll talk about myself as a person, how helpless I feel, because it's just, like, life shouldn't be this hard, you know, there's no reason for us to be living in agitation every single time like how far is the object to Kaduna how far is it that for that express way to be secured like it's a problem people cannot get people cannot get Kaduna not by the road you can't even fly and then the only means of transportation that was supposed to be safe the train has been attacked it's so disheartening because everyone Everyone is on the train like every single time you're trying to get people the people that trying if you're trying to get to other states from Abuja, everyone goes to Kaduna through the tra with the with the train before they connect, rather than just following the road and going one way. And I can't even imagine what the people on that train were going through at that moment. Because I've been on that trail, like, in the night, like, uh, it's not really the most safe city. You always feel like, oh my God, what if something happens? Because the the real track... Yeah, because, like, the real track is... The place where the track is, It's, it's quite lonely. And then listening to, like, survivors and hearing them going through that for, like, hours before the security service got there, it's really sad and scary. And then the people, so many people lost their lives. So many people are missing. People got injured. Like it's it's so disheartening. God, I don't even know what to say. But like the general feeling is helplessness, because this thing affects you. It affects the next person close to you. But then there seems to be nothing you can do because the people in power. I don't know what they are doing, and you would what. Ever you have, you can't not do much, so we're all just like sitting here and hoping and praying that those that got missing are found, you know. And then there's you're not even sure because I think this the, the the most painful thing when I was was I saw on Twitter where people were hoping that their missing loved ones are hopefully with the kidnappers and not like they're just missing or they're dead. And it's so sad how security. It's terrible in this place that you are even ho- like we're at a point where we are hoping people are with kidnappers like that sounds very crazy and ridiculous, but then this is where we've gotten ourselves into, and this is what we found ourselves in. I don't know what to way out is, and it's mm-hmm. interesting how like people are saying um the northern people are not are not fighting enough because the the leader is like they in man. Or people are not angry enough. And I think that's just very unfair, you know, because really, what can we do? This is not even about anger. I feel like we have been killing people in this region for a very long time. These bandits, kidnappers, whoever they are, there has been so much anger from them. And people are still angry. But then when things keep happening over and over again, you get to a point where beyond anger, you're just helpless, you know it's unfair to think people are not angry enough because we are angry. But then, after the anger, then what? What can we possibly do for this to be better? Because it feels like the people that are supposed to be in charge do not care. And people, they're like suggestion about protesting and everything. And in a similar climate, that affects that, that change, right? But then, if you think of the last... Um the last protest that happened in Nigeria, the NSARS protest, and how eventually some people lost their lives. People lost their lives and there was no money to nobody to, to account for what happened and who who gave the others nothing. So then and did that bring an end to SARS? I don't think it did. So like even though if like you're not supposed to stop if you feel once, but it's just so hard to tell people to go out again because who knows who come. I mean you don't even go out which is you're just trying to get to one place to another. You're trying to get to your job, you don't come back alive. And then talk more of going out to stand against the people or rather not against but like call out the way we are being led. It's it's so it's tiring. It just leaves you helpless. And that options of, like, leave the country if you can. Okay, but then are you living with everyone that you care about? Are you living with are you living with your whole family, your extended family members? Are you living with your friends? Are you living with your colleagues? Like, even if you do live to a better system to where you're secured, good for you, but then you still don't have the peace of mind. Because as are things that happened yesterday, there are people that do not live in this country, but they were still so agitated. So you're over there. And, but you still don't have to be mind because you have people here. So one way or the other, you're attached to this place. If you don't have people here, maybe you have investments here. Like, there's just, it's just, I don't know what the solution is, to be honest. I'm just, I am, I'm tired. I think that's the word, like, I am feel emotionally exhausted. I'm tired, I'm scared, I'm, I am angry, but then it's just, I don't know what to do. I just hope that the people that lost their loved ones, those that passed away, I may mean, they are so rest in peace, I like Japan so, I and mean, may God just make it easy for the people they left behind because, I don't know, that's just all I can see. And then those that are out there with the, that out with the kidnappers, I hope they make it back home safely. Those that are missing, I hope they are found. And those that got injured, I hope they get better and I just hope that this doesn't repeat itself again. I just hope I'm pray that the people that's supposed to be in charge of us and our and our well being in this country will just do better for once. Just actually care about us and make life easy for us in this place. I mean God make life easy for all of us and yeah, I feel like this should be the end of this rant because i don't even know what's taking i just keep yeah This that. let's just get into the episode of today
1: so this is um a ramadan episode yeah but then again it's not going to be like me preaching or anything i'm just going to like talk you through let's just just uncheck through like our journeys and our struggles of like being like better Muslims and all of that. Nothing too deep, nothing too serious, just me chatting. And obviously, this is an episode for everybody. So, well, because I'm not alone today, I happen to have my sister on the podcast. Anyway, so yeah, say hi. Hi, guys. Oh my god, don't do that. Hi, guys. <laughs> Anyways. Let's just get straight into it. So I think we're going to start with like Ramadan is the fast thing that and Muhammad is also here. Do you want to say hi? No. What well, <laughs> just say hi? Hi. Okay, but he's not going to any podcast, he's just here. And I
2: know, S- studio.
1: Anyways, let's get into this. So you know like if you don't know what Ramadan is, Ramadan is the month, the sacred month for Muslims. Where they fast for thirty to twenty nine or thirty days from dawn till dusk so yeah for street scrub month but this episode is going to be more about like rele- um, learning learning and unlearning on your journey as a muslim right so half of us we actually for myself basically i was born into a predominant way to know actually all of us yeah pre- predominant muslim family And I think one of the mistakes that we make is that you just think because you were born into a religion, then automatically you have like a right to it. Some of us don't go out to like seek for knowledge. Like obviously if you're born into that religion, it means that you pick up some things, You get to know your right from your wrong, but then it's very important to seek knowledge to gain more. And the search for knowledge does not really end so yeah so what do you think like could you kind of think of like the first time where you realized that apart from being told you're a muslim and all and you have to pray but the first time you felt like yes there is like a superpower up there i
2: think i think i I had two moments i was both, uh, both of the moments happened when i was at pandisco temple. The first one was i just you know like mommy always gives us so many prayers to do while we're in school yeah so we like I'll, I at first i normally do them just because she said we had to but then when i started putting my mind into it that was when i that was when i realized that i find so much peace after saying like it's not like peace but you just there's this feeling that comes with just yeah saying the prayer and like saying what you want from your heart knowing that it might happen now and it might not happen and it might not happen now but yeah. it, 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 there's just a feeling that comes with it and then the second time that happened that, it, that I actually felt oh prayer actually works was when my phone was sealed in SS3 oh my god yeah. I, prayed. I, prayed. I prayed I was praying and praying and praying and it was given to me back, which was so unlike them. But, and it was even the best prayer. Why are you talking about... Don't yeah.
1: mention your school on this podcast. Why? Because it's... Just don't. It just yeah. continue.
2: Yeah. I prayed so hard in school. Like... And it was... It was so unlike... My school. For your phone to be given back to you. But it was given back to me. Doesn't so See you life. <laughs> so you do... Can you do I need to do it. My...
1: I think my own I think it happened I was in primary five, yeah. So this is this is the gist. I was in primary five and I had like friends in primary six. So there was this my friend, she was my friend in primary six and I usually do lesson with primary six students because we're being prepared for common entrance So common entrance is that exams that you do to get into secondary school. You can do it either in primary five or in primary six. Some even do it in primary four. So we're in class, in my Primary 5 class, and then a teacher came into the class and he was talking about this girl. So the girl is like for she's a slow learner. So but you know how Nigerians are there's the offensive word where they call you Olodu and all of that. And he was talking about her and all of that and how he used to give her extra lessons at home and how she's just so dumb and everything. He was just very mean person for a teacher. And this girl happens to be my friend. And she's really nice and friendly and everything. So, me, I'm a boy. I went and I told her. <laughs> it was lesson time. And I'm like, this was what the teacher said. Because I was feeling bad, like, why was you talking about my friend like that? Then, eventually, um, after I told her, she started crying. I said that she was going to tell her mother the next day. Obviously, telling her mother means her mother is going to come and talk to the person. And this man is the man that, he is extremely wicked. Like, he will beat rubbish out of you in primary school, like. So I was really scared, and I came back home and I told mommy. And then mommy now says, "Good for me. This will be a lesson for me on being a gossip. <laughs> so if they flog me tomorrow in school, I will not gossip again." When I say I prayed, family <laughs> five, like usually you you go through like your daily prayers. It's like a robot like motion. So you know you're supposed to do this, do that. There's no no connection, nothing, nothing. But like when I say do, uh, like. I was on the praying mat after my grave till Isha I did all the dual that I could think of because I just knew that if that man should beat me, <laughs> God life would not be funny. I did all the hours that I had to do everything, and I woke up the next day, and I was, like, so scared. I wanted to fake, like, not going to school. Obviously, that doesn't happen with mommy. money. <laughs> Whether you're collecting injection or what, you have to go to school. She'll
2: probably, if you have an injection for, uh, for, a, for an afternoon dose, she probably pick you up from school, take you to mean, injection, and take you and back. And already she school.
1: knew my problem, that I went to Gossip, <laughs> so <laughs> I was going to go to school that day. I went to school and I just kept waiting for like the other shoe to drop for the man to come to the class or for him to send someone to speak me or something. But it didn't happen. I don't know if the girl didn't tell her mother or what it just didn't happen. And that's when I was like, okay, when do they say like do I like make I make prayers? It works because
2: it does work.
1: The time that I dedicated <laughs> to praying, it happened. So I think that was, like, that was my first time. And since from then up till now, like, when I see I pray about everything, like, even the most insignificant thing, what can be so insignificant, for example? let think of something. Let's say if you're traveling. Okay, that's not, that's kind of important. Yeah. Like, you know, let's say if you're traveling, right, and if you've gone through Nigerian airport, you know that Nigerian immigration... <laughs> They are annoying. They frustrate you. Like, even to pray for something like that. But that's not insignificant. That's important because anything can happen. Like, the most insignificant thing, maybe if I want to eat something, for example, and maybe I'm not sure if I'll get it, and I'll be like, oh, God, I hope I'll get it. Like, everything, I pray about everything. And I've just come to realize that it has become so a huge part of me that I just can't do it out. And I think, for me, that's like journey of learning right because when you are born into a Muslim family you're being told like you have to pray. So this is not your daily prayers your your salah this is like making dua and but then when you are on your journey of learning where you've gone through experiences you've prayed about things and they've come to pass you now realize like the importance of dua and becomes like a first step to being a better person. So the next um, I think the next thing is like seeking knowledge. But this is not like just to I like this is not this is not the Islamia you go to when you're younger by the way when they ask like force you or flog you. This is you actually being actually knowledge. like putting I mean... in effort to seek knowledge. I feel like most of us don't do that and when I see most of us like I'm also guilty of that. You just think like I have enough knowledge and that's mm. it but then we also forget that like Knowledge is, like, very important. Like, in Islam, you're asked to seek knowledge. Mm-hmm. As far as you can go, you should seek knowledge. So, we don't even try to seek, like, the most basic knowledge. And it's kind of really embarrassing, you know. Because mm-hmm. if you're, like, in your 20s, so you've been practicing this religion for, like, very long time, and you don't know, like, really basic things, everyone has their struggle. But there are just some things that you should seek knowledge. So has, did you have, like, any point where you, where you like...
2: Where well, I felt
1: this like I need to one or like something that happened at like a knowledge seeking moment for you like you didn't even know it wasn't intentional yeah. but it just happened and
2: I don't think I've had that moment the, the thing is that right I'm someone that enjoys like, history so I'm, I've since from for since like forever I've been oh. I have been listening to histories about the prophets and so I I normally get knowledge, so much knowledge from that, and then whatever I don't understand, I seek more. So I feel like I don't think I've had a moment where I realize, oh, I don't know this. I don't know so many things, and I have to look for more knowledge because I listen to history a lot. So I always anything I don't understand, I just Just search more on it.
1: I think for me to be honest, maybe my knowledge seeking started, maybe I. I think probably in secondary school because when I was in primary school, but I hated Islamia. I hated it so much, because all they do is flog rubbish out of me every single time. So there was even no room to seek, like, extra knowledge. But I think there are so many moments. But one moment that stood out for me was, like, the concept of hijab, right? So for a very, for a very long time, you just know that you are supposed to wear hijab, like, as a Muslim, um, as a Muslim, as a female, Muslim female Muslim, you're supposed to like cover your hair and all of that. And hijab can sense covering your hair. Like there are a lot of layers to it, but like the most basic and general thing that everyone understands mm. is wearing a veil and covering your hair. But I just knew that then you grow up, right? And you see everyone around you that that identifies as a Muslim mm. covering yeah. their hijab. Even though as if like with when you think of like the northern culture and Islam, there's so much intersection that sometimes what we call hijab is, just, is actually just a cultural covering. Mm. But Shia yeah, people are covered, and they are moving. So if it's your culture and it also happens to be your religion, you don't really think too much about it. So I can't remember how old I was, but I was really young. I remember going... I knew you were supposed to cover your hair, but then, like, I don't remember... Like I said, I hated the slime when, when I was younger, before the school. So I don't remember... I don't think I knew the rules, like... It just felt like when you're going outside, cover your hair. So you don't think of, like, if, if you're indoors, if mm. there are non-Muharrams, you, you shouldn't leave your hair open mm. and all of that. So I went to the salon. And the woman, who wasn't even a Muslim, mm. she was like, okay, since you cover your hair, go into, like, the smaller store mm. so you can, because there was a guy in the salon, so you can wash your hair. And I remember telling her that I don't have to, I'm not married. Because mm. I didn't know, mm. like, the rules of of, of, hijab. of hijab so obviously i'm sure she's like this girl doesn't know what she's, she's saying she... but she's just like since you said it that's fine mm. so eventually then I, I i read the book i can't remember the name can't remember the, but it was a novel a fictional novel it was it wasn't that book i can't remember but it was like the book that literally detailed everything about what hijab mm. meant to me so, like, all the knowledge that I didn't have... And now gonna realize that half of what we even call hijab, maybe from, like, the northern part, is more of, like, culture and not really the Islamic robe. But then... But, like, in that book, I was able to, like, understand the whole concept of hijab, the whole the levels and everything. And then from there, there was, like, the moment of seeking knowledge to actually know, because, mm-hmm. like, the importance of wearing hijab and all of that. So, that was one knowledge thing for me then another thing i'm trying to you example but well, also what i've realized about seeking knowledge is that as much as how do you seek your knowledge like do you like just make research do you ask
2: people yeah research do You, do you like research youtube online? videos yes
1: so coming to like youtube videos like i've just realized that as much as you need to seek research and there's so, many, there's so much information online. So, so much.
2: much. And there are so many versions that are con- not controversial, but they... Yeah,
1: that's what I was coming to. So you also have to be very careful mm-hmm. because in seeking, like, so much knowledge, trying to be... Your intention is to be a better person and mm-hmm. be a better Muslim. But then, there are people. Because now, with internet, everyone has access to what's mm-hmm. kind of rubbish. And next thing, you know, people are saying what, they sh- what is not right. Mm-hmm. And you are consuming all that mm-hmm. When we know you're trying to be a better person, but it's just, it's kind of hard. So I think it's important, like, it's very important. There's no excuse not to seek knowledge. And this is to everyone, like, including myself, because I've been slacking. There's no excuse not to seek knowledge. But then you also have to be very careful. You don't want to end up seeking knowledge from a place where the knowledge is not credible.
2: Mm-hmm. You're
1: just seeing things, and you're just internalizing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And eventually it becomes a problem for you, for your dean, for the whole society.
2: I had this conversation with someone, and we were like, no matter how much knowledge you get somewhere, you actually have to read what you get, like maybe write it down or something, and try to understand it in your own way. Yeah. If not, if, if you keep, keep taking things that other people say, you end up being confused and just doing what people say without actually knowing why or how to. Be. You just do it because people, people said it had to be done, or yeah. people said this is the way to do it, and so you just with what people say yeah you actually have to maybe understand what you read or what you heard and then anything that sounds funny maybe ask someone that you trust that you, that you trust They're their understanding or like maybe you trust that they're going to tell you something things that are actually correct yeah
1: another thing about technology because like like the hijab story again People, you hear things, you see about. Don't do this, don't do that. But I feel like when you take the extra mile to understand the why, it's just easier to practice it yeah. when you know why you are being told not to do this. It's like when you tell a child not to touch something; that's when they want to touch it. Mm-hmm. But then if you maybe tell them, "Oh, don't touch this fire, cause it's going to burn your hand" or something. Then obviously, they don't want to get burned, so they're not going to go through that step. Then the I think the other thing I want to talk about is like, with like I said, there's so much knowledge online, right? And there are people that are ever willing to share, to tell you. Mm. They put up reminders and everything. And it's really so, like, it's, it's nice. Because they don't know who they're helping. You might just put up, like, a little reminder and it's going to help someone. But then I found myself being scared of doing that right. Because, number one, apart from the fact that I don't want to, like... Apart from the fact that you don't know it all, there's also the concept of Ria, where... And when we think of Ria, we think of like doing it. We think of like when you intentionally try to do Ria. But then sometimes it transcends into your good intentions. You might want to be like, you just, you're just just posting up reminders because you're trying to remind people. And then the next thing, you start enjoying the attention you get from people thinking you're you holy, yeah. From people thinking you're perfect. And it no longer goes from trying to remind people. Mm-hmm. Now it becomes a thing of keeping up an image. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, I think this falls under here. Yeah, yeah. And then next thing you know, your intentions are jumbled up and all of that. So, like, I just feel, and this is not like an advice or to, but this is just like, this is a like, personal thing for me. Like, it scares me because sometimes, even when I want to say something, and mm-hmm. we owe it to each other as like Muslim brothers and sisters, you owe remind it to each other each to other. remind each other, to let people know, to share your knowledge. Of course, do not be shy of expressing who you are as a Muslim. But then like it's just so scared to trying to not cross that thin line or from trying to share to remind people to now what's it called? To practicing in yeah. So is this like a meeting or do you ever like feel like I don't want people to think like I am perfect or something? Like you don't want people to put you on a pedestal or you don't want it to, to get into your
0: head?
2: For me it's more like I don't want to feel like I have to keep up with it. For example, if maybe I post reminders all the, then what? If, then the day is that the on days that I don't post, I don't want people to be like, oh, what happened to her? Like, why didn't she post? Maybe she, mm. it's It's similar to what you just said. Maybe in a different sense, but it's so almost similar. Yeah. So like, I don't want people people to like be to think. Because I don't, I because I didn't post a reminder Because I didn't post something about Islam or something about uh, about religion today, then that means I'm doing something bad. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's like for me. Not like I feel I have to keep up a certain image. Mm-hmm.
1: I think another thing that I am like trying to learn, to do more and more and more and more and more and more of it, is the whole thing of like, the what's it called, of trying to not be condescending towards people, not condescension, but like creating an excuse for people, right? In the sense that sometimes, really or unconsciously or unconsciously, you maybe if you observe like the rules of hijab and someone doesn't, even if it's like asleep sometimes, you feel like you're better than the person. Like sometimes. Mm. And maybe for some people, it's just like a slow thought that comes and then you go back to like mm. the concept of order. other. But then I see it a lot, a lot of social where people go out of their way to be condescending to yeah, people, it's true. and it's
2: like and okay, this. they keep trying to say sorry for cutting short. They keep trying to say, oh, we owe it, we owe it each other to remind each other. But then there's a way that you that you can remind someone or maybe say something to someone that won't sound bad, that won't sound like as as if you're trying to be condescending, as if you're trying to insult the person.
1: Yeah, and people say that well, um. If you don't want the truth, and I just feel like if you know, okay, I'm, I'm, this is going to sound condescending, but like the teachings of the Prophet, mm-hmm. kindness is to everyone, to every single person, whether you're a Muslim or you're not a Muslim, whether you're practicing it or not. Like, kindness is very, very, very important in Islam, right? And it, it, it it's not just being, it's not helping people, it's even the way you talk to people. I mean, if you smile in Islam, you get a reward for that. And that's like a form of kindness. So why do you feel that it's like... I saw you on Twitter. Any situation, people will be like, go back to Islam, yeah. Yes. Like, I don't want to say this in... I don't know how to say this in English. I'm sorry. And you couldn't about Islam, yeah. But okay. But that's fine. But you, that happened to... You have the knowledge. What makes
2: you think about what, what makes them think is you No, know, let's about- even
1: assume you have like... Because everyone has a different level of knowledge. We're mm-hmm. not at the same place. You have the knowledge. Why won't you decide to be like, even if you want to talk to people about knowledge, mm-hmm. like be kind about it. Don't be condescending. At the end of the day, every, if, as a Muslim, you believe that everything that happens to you, from knowledge that you have to your risk, to everything is a blessing of God, right? And you can coming up tomorrow and that knowledge is missing. Yes. So what is really not your personal property? It's the blessing mm-hmm. of God. So why won't you extend that kindness to people? And I was reading a book, Journey to Allah, and it's it spoke about how no matter what, no matter the level of your good deeds, no matter how exceptional you are in your good deeds, it's your good deeds are not going to get you to Jannah. It's the blessing of God that is going to get you there to paradise, and it's the blessing of God that protects you from 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 from, from hell. Everything is the blessing of God. You see people doing things, you're like, can never be me. It will be you. <laughs> You'll be wrapped up in it, right? So it's like very important to seek the blessing of God. Even the things that you think you can never touch because anything can happen. So, I mean, if you're seeking the blessing of God, I'm hoping and praying that God blesses you to make it to paradise. So why do you now think the knowledge that you have is your own knowledge and you have to be condescending to people? I think we need to do better as a, as a society. As much as you try to say, you don't want to cuddle people or try to pamper them. But there's a way you can be intentional. You can be firm and at the same time, not be disrespectful. So, yeah, what else again? I want, I'm i thinking of like, because it's like a Ramadan episode. Like Ramadan memories, what do you look
2: forward to? You think? Please can't remember but <laughs> i don't know I, what do i look forward to i don't look forward to anything because i'm not at home and anything i look forward to has to be i know not like it has to be but then looking forward to apart from of course the like feeling of ibadah the, the month feels different yeah apart from that i I feel anything that personally i feel anything that i should look forward to should be like, things that i do with my family during Ramadan.
1: You want to look forward to staying in the kitchen. No, because I of don't course not. To that.
2: But, <laughs> but I think maybe, you know, like after tarawih prayers, yeah. we normally sit down together and talk. Yeah. So I think that's something I mean. So we do the same where, like
1: we don't go through, at home, like we don't go to the masjid for tarawih, we pray tarawih all together at home. So It's like the whole, when everyone is just sitting down, everyone in the parlour, yeah. and you're just like talking about one thing. And it could be like this that will last for five minutes or oh, for an hour. an hour. It depends on everybody's mood, mm-hmm. daddy. I think for me, honestly, I'm not even sure. Sometimes I feel like right, because it says prepare for Ramadan, so sometimes I feel like, and this is not, this is me trying to be as honest as possible. As much as like, there's like, I know that this is time for you to do all your ibadah and everything, but sometimes I feel like I see I feel a certain way because everyone feels that way. Do you get? sometimes you are aware but, that it's Ramadan, you're fasting, you But you don't much... actually feel mm. that feeling that people are feeling. And there's just this peer pressure because what are you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shedan is tight. So why yeah. are you not feeling what you, are meant, to what be you feeling? are meant to be feeling? I don't think it has. I always feel the Ramadan. And I, I think, but I... even like during my... COVID, I felt it was Ramadan. Mm. Ramadan is always different.
1: I think maybe, on that thing my favorite thing about Ramadan is like I find it interesting that we all wake up like before five right mm. and there's so much energy even though it's annoying because I don't know why people are making us in the morning but like there's so much energy and it's interesting that collectively it's something that you share yeah it's true as a, Muslim, as a Muslim so collectively all of you are doing the same thing like at the same time or just around the same time that's really nice then I also like the fact that everyone is nice during Ramadan. Like, people are really nice. <laughs> and I just wish that we can put that into practice all mm-hmm. year round, you know. Like, everyone is really nice doing Ramadan. And I think one of my greatest struggles, greatest, greatest struggle, is that every time Ramadan comes, for the three, for the one month, I give up music. Like, I don't listen to music. Mm-hmm. But then once also... Ramadan okay, is it's done, gone. it's like... <laughs> The circle is so frustrating because you think like if I have built up this habit for like a month, on, then I just continue, to from... But then somewhere it's just. But then again, and then
2: sh- giving up music during Ramadan is really not hard. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know if it's just me, but if you say you want to like stop listening to music on a, on a normal day, it's actually really hard. But then during Ramadan, it comes easy to you. Yes, it
1: just to which point that it's a blessing of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. And it's like the certainty of like your prayers being answered, you know, yeah. even though you might not see oh yeah, I wanna talk about this. So about like delay not being denial, right? So so many times you make dua for I started with talking about du'a and it's being answered instantly. But there are also situations where you make dua for something and you feel like it's not like so so, so as humans some your do have been answered means it's happening right now mm. but then it could be that the it has been answered but it's going to manifest later mm. on yeah and then we're humans we're not perfect so you get agitated the what's it called the waiting period gets really frustrating and you just feel like oh my god what's going on but then at the same time i think part of trusting putting your trust in god is trusting that if you've said something you've made do about something then Inshallah, it's going to be answered. So, so and it might not be the answer that you want. but well, you is, know, you yeah,
2: just have to trust that it's Exactly, which is like
1: it. a really blur, blur line for people. Because sometimes you feel like, if it's not the answer that I want, then mm. my dua has not been answered. But then putting your trust in Allah, knowing that he's your creator and he knows more than you, what's best for you, is hoping that you've made your dua and whatever the outcome is, it, it is what it is. It's meant to happen. So, I like the certainty of, like, I you know, how, like, when you're fasting, Ramadan can make dua, And then how... I don't know about other places, but it's how... It feels like no one goes hungry during Ramadan. Because everyone is churning out, like, sadakas and mm, everything. So, even, like, the person that lives on your street that does not have, like, a family Mm. gets to eat. Yeah, true. Everyone gets to eat. And I wish, like, we can continue that communal living all year round, obviously. But then... That's why i is special. Everything is better. Everything is nice. Everybody, people are nicer. People talk calmly because they are hungry, which is a good thing. <laughs> no one is shouting. <laughs> Everything. And, yeah. I feel like I had so many ideas for this episode, but then now again, my head is blank. Anyways, the whole point is just like, talk about like our, str- our struggles, and then like our identities, and what I think yeah. we need to do. As a Muslim, I started in, the first, in the first century because mm. the struggle is real. There are so many things. Every other day you wake up, there are things that have you. what you call? They are countering your beliefs, right? There are things that yeah. you see, and so many times I just like this is not what I believe in. But then eventually, when keep getting, yeah. keep getting exposed to those things, they have you thinking. We start thinking, having, we start have having questions, questions. Start having doubts, and it's and so. Turns. It's so easy now with all social media platform and that's why like knowledge is important and also like having people that hold you accountable right so like when you're having like all this funny thought or this funny idea like you have like a safe space where it feels like you can say oh i'm thinking of this and it's not going to feel like oh my god you're about Mm. to be you're about to commit shock or something but it can be like of like okay i'm thinking of this what regarding it what do you think you can do to do better so what i'm saying is that make nice friends basically Mm-hmm. or be we have nice family members anyways i hope do you have any last words no well i hope this ramadan is good to you may allah make it easy forever oh yeah i wanted to share this by the way i feel like one of my favorite favorite duas is like may allah make it easy for you because it carries so much weight mm-hmm. like it's so heartwarming right because this person is like being so nice to you and is praying that things are easy for you, and it carries so much weight because everything in this life is hard. Even breathing can be hard. Like my now is <laughs> looking at me with his blocked chest. Even breathing can be hard. You know, so like when person says me, Allah make things easy for you. Like everything, it com encompasses every little thing, and it's such hard one in prayer. So to you listening, me Allah make this Ramadan. Easy for you and subsequent Ramadan. If this is your first time fasting, may it be easy for you. If this is not your first time, if you do, you are thinking of fasting, and even if you're just listening, Allah yeah, make it easy for you. Yep. Even listening to this podcast and sharing it <laughs> may it be easy for you. So yeah, I hope you all have like a wonderful Ramadan. And yeah. remember to pray, may all your doors be answered. And yeah, remember me your prayers, please.
2: Remember all of us. All of us. We all need it
1: so this is it for today's episode i hope you enjoyed it. i hope you remember to share to subscribe and yeah i'm open to comment and feedback so take care of yourself and catch you all in the next episode yeah. from uh, me and my studio people which includes <laughs> Mohammed say bye all right who happens to be my brother and mimi our oh, guest, say bye. Yeah. and mommy's also here. All of you that I've been seeing, bring one back, bring mommy back. You tell me if this is mommy's podcast. <laughs> my podcast. But yeah, she's well, also in yeah. the studio. Say bye. What's... Bye. Alright. Bye. Take bye. care.